Welcome to the Pinkleton Pull Aside podcast. On this podcast, let's step aside from our busy lives to have fun, fascinating, life-giving conversation with inspiring authors, pastors, sports personalities, and other influencers, leaders, and followers. Sit back, grab some coffee, or head down the road, and let's get the good and gold from today's guest. Here's Jeff Pinkleton, Executive Director of the Gathering of the Miami Valley, where their mission is to connect men to men and men to God. Hello, friends. Welcome again today to another episode of the Pinkleton Pull Aside podcast. We like to talk all things life, leadership, lessons therein. We tend to do that in a world of comedy, of music, of books, pastoring, sports, and the like. And today, we have a quick turnaround with a guy we had on last episode, and that's Ryan Carr, Mr. VP of player personnel with the Indiana Pacers. And uh, we don't often do this where we say we're bringing someone back and then they're back and they're next at the next episode, but that's what's going to happen on this one. So welcome back to the show, Ryan Carr. Man, I appreciate it. And it is good to be back quickly. Yeah. And we've shared food. We actually were able to, yeah. to dine and got to bring my buddy, Jeremy Hudson, who's my senior pastor. And uh, we do a lot of life together. And I told him when we left, I'm like, man, it feels like, we're just three amigos kind of doing life together and you guys hit it off big time. And, uh, uh, it was pretty amazing after the last one, you, you, uh, what texted me the, was it the next day? I said, Hey, I'm going to be in your neck of the woods. Boom. Yeah. Throw it a little Chick-fil-A and it happens. Yeah. I mean, I didn't even think about it when we were talking and the next day I was about ready to, to take off. And I was like, Oh man, I think that's close to where Jeff is. I should see if, if you're around and it all worked out. So it was, that was great. Do you get to do that in many of your travels? I mean, before we got on air, you were talking Kansas City, L.A., Fort Worth, and and whatnot. Yeah. I mean, are you able to hey, – I know someone here, and it'd be great to get with them, especially you know if you guys share a common bond of knowing Jesus. Are you able to do that much? Yeah, yeah sometimes. It just depends how long I'm somewhere and you know what, what the schedule looks like. A lot of times I'm in and out inside of about 20 hours. So if it's like that – Usually not, but if I if I get somewhere that I have an off day and there's somebody that I can connect with, I definitely definitely always want to and like to and try to. When those days come, those are great days that kind of spur you on when you're when you're on the road wherever you may be. So I'm a Survivor fan and I love the TV show and Jeff Probst. You know, I, I, I'm gonna call us brothers just because we both love survivor and we have the first name Jeff, but well, that's my middle name actually. But, um, is it, is it a little bit like when you're on a road like that and you're able to not to make that about me and Jeremy and getting to spend time with us, but when you see an experience of brother in Christ in a scenario like that, is it almost like the game of survivor where, you know, one of the things they're famous for is towards the end of the season, they'll have a game or something where the family comes out, somebody in the family comes out, gives them a little boost of energy. I mean, knowing that your job is a grind and you're traveling and you're plane to plane to plane when you're doing what you're doing like that. Does that just help give you a boost spiritually just to kind of get regrounded and say, Hey, this is great. I love what I do for the Pacers. I love going and, and evaluating talent. Go with that. Yeah, no, no question, Jeff. I mean, you, th- you think about just what, how we're called to come together. And, you know, if, if you're in a local church, you're probably a part of a, a home group or whatever your church might call it. And hopefully a part of men's ministry and getting together with men and, and studying the word and, and having fellowship together. So 
you know, the one thing about this job is I, I miss a lot of the regular yeah. opportunities. So I, I think for our home group, I've missed probably four of the last five or five of the last six Wednesday nights when we get together. And that that's tough because we don't do that, you know, just for no reason. We do that because we grow closer to God for sure, but we also have a camaraderie and it 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 energizes you and it encourages you on to the next time, just like Sunday morning should. So you know, when you miss when you miss stuff like that, it's not good for your spiritual walk. So you need other, you know, for me, I need to find ways, ways to do that. If it's if I'm on the road on a on a Sunday and I can do it on a Sunday morning, then I'm going to find a local church to go to. And I'm going to if there's a friend, you know, somewhere that I can connect with, I'm going to connect with them if possible. Uh, it's not always possible, like I said, but. Yeah, just because you know, I miss so much of it. I I I miss my my people here in Indy when I'm when I'm not here and I and I don't get to be, you know, with them. Whether that be a Sunday morning, a Wednesday night, or Wednesday morning, um, you know, every Wednesday morning we have a theology class that that I love going to. So I know, like even that night after I saw you in Dayton, I got back at one thirty in the morning or something like that. I was sitting in the basement of our church at 6 30 you know like i just that stuff you have to have some commitment to it and for me it's just definitely worth it i just miss miss a lot of the regularity of it all and so any any way or you know different way that i can you know connect or or be be with believers and and like-minded people then i'm gonna try to do it you know, as we've had dialogue and, you know, even that night when we hung out for dinner, I think there's a lot of common ways we think spiritually, the way, you know, trying to take advantage of what God lays out in front of you. And you know, I say it to the guys I work with quite a bit that, you know, there's one thing we can always sacrifice is sleep. Now, you can't yeah. do that forever. I think you got to say once a week or, you know, when you can fit it in, have that day where you take sleep in or you make sure you get that extra nap. Yeah. But I'm like, if you think about the things you can't sacrifice, sleep is usually one you can. Uh, and when you're 53, like I am, you got to figure out when you're catching up and it needs to be sooner than later. So talk about the grind yeah. of your job. Like, you know, you mentioned Kansas City, Fort Worth, LA. It's not rocket science. None of those three cities are close to each other. They're lengthy enough yeah. plane rides from A to B. What is What does that look like? Maybe tell your schedule if you can a little bit like that. And then what yeah. does that look like from the moment you land till you get back on a plane? I, I did recruiting for a university that sadly is no longer around, but I remember the grind of going to Ooh. visit four or five high schools back to back to back to back, trying to see students, a college fair that night. And I'm panicking, like, can I get to A to B quick enough? Can Did I schedule this right? So on and so forth. So yeah. what's that like with your grind there, Ryan? You know, we have a great staff of people. So I I submit what games I want to go to and what hotel I may want to stay at and, and all that. And they they work they work it all out. But you know, like I'll I'll get up if you know, get on whatever the whatever the flight is. I think uh Thursday morning is it's like an 8 a.m. flight. So you leave the house like six and you get to the airport just like everybody and get I'll I'll get to Kansas City I don't know what time let's say around noon or so get to the hotel I'll usually do some prep for that game that night I'm you know going over players and just kind of reviewing what they've been doing over the 
you know, past few weeks, statistically, I can jump on and watch a little. We have a, a video service called Synergy that we can watch basically any game, any cutups of any player around the world. So jump on that for a little bit, just kind of catch myself up with who I'm going to see. Head to the arena, get there about an hour early to watch warmups and just, you know, talk to any coaches I may know for the teams that are playing, uh, talk to other scouts who may be there uh, just to, to catch up. And, and uh, you just never know kind of what information you may, you may find out. And watch the game, uh, get back, you know, the game usually say at seven, game over at nine back to hotel by 9.30 or so. I'll usually work on some reports that night. I don't like to let those linger. So I do them as quickly as I can, either the night of or the next day. That next morning, so this looking at this trip Friday morning, I'll jump on a plane from Kansas City to LA. And uh, Friday, is a there's no games Friday for me. So be able to finish reports, be able to do any other work that I need to do for the other scouts, just administratively making sure we're, you know, on top of everything we need to be doing. Uh, Saturday, I'm going to uh, Gonzaga plays at Pepperdine and then also UCLA plays Cal. And it works out that we could see both games and another one of our scouts and actually our GM will be, be out there. So we'll go to those two games together, which will be great. Uh, it's always good to spend time with, with those guys, you know, as we usually are traveling separately, but when it comes together that we're together, it's always, always good to, to talk and, and just catch up and kind of download what, what everybody's thinking about different, different guys and kind of do the same thing. Sunday, I'll fly to Dallas. I'll see TCU play Kansas on Monday night, and then I'll be home uh, Tuesday. And then I'm actually home that week. It's This weekend is all-star break, which doesn't really affect me and the scouting staff. Uh, the rest of the team will get a little break, which is great. But then the next weekend, actually, we're squeezing in a, a college visit to Liberty for my twins mm, that are 17 years old. So next weekend, we'll, we'll be uh, out in Lynchburg and uh, hopefully be able to, to catch up with Coach McKay, who's a good friend of mine for a long time. and get the twins a little experience out there. I hope people paid attention to what you said when you discussed your travel plans to California, Texas, and uh, Kansas City. There was not a lot of suffering for Jesus in the games you're going to be seeing. And I did catch, you said Gonzaga, at Pepperdine. Pepperdine, yeah. which has quite the lovely campus. So you mm -hmm. you play, you plan your trips pretty well. Now let me ask, when you you said it was who you, your GM, and somebody else you said were going to be at some of those games in California? Yeah, Who's the third person? And one of our other scouts. So how does that, what's that like when you guys are watching a game together? I mean, GM and in, in theory people would say has a lot to do obviously with current players and once they're there, you're kind of the one in charge until they get there. I mean, if you guys are looking at a player and let's say, you know, three different sets of eyes, you're seeing three different things. Oh yeah. How, how do those voices carry out? Who's, who's winning that argument? Who's what's, what's that like? Yeah. I mean, it happens and we have a lot of discussions, particularly during the pre-draft process. I mean, we've got a, a staff of four or five, you know, say seven guys who are all watching the draft, you know, different. A couple of them are international. You got some G League guys, you got college guys. 
And we all are going to watch them to some degree and have opinions on all those different areas. So that's part of part of the process is the fact of kind of hashing out the why. So we we try to back up why we feel a certain way and you know look at it on video and and statistically we've got the analytics guys that have their models that that are trying to predict who to pick as well. So there's no loss of uh, different views on players, different opinions. You have to be able to back it up. Uh, We all can have strong opinions. There's times where we get into some nice fun exchanges and going back and forth on stuff. And it's, it's part of, part of hashing it out. I mean, ultimately Kevin Pritchard, our president, he, he makes the final call. Uh, yep. Chad Buchanan, our GM, you know, he's he's right there with them. So they have the probably in some of the situations, they get all this info thrown at them and different, you know, different opinions and different ideas of, about players and how they'll fit and then have to have to make a decision. So sometimes it's easy. There's times when it comes together and but there's always differences, even even on players that we agree, all agree, unanimously would be a good addition. There's going to be parts of their games, you know, as you dissect it and get into it where where people are going to differ. So, yeah, just just part of the process and, and part of trying to figure figure out, you know, how players going to be successful or not successful and then how are they going to fit into what we do here sure. uh, with the Pacers. So I know you can't get into specifics about players with with uh, who aren't playing in NBA right now, but I would sure with Drew Timmy, there's got to be a little bit of like, okay, let's debate this though. Is he 30 years old? Is he 32 or is he 34? Since Drew Timmy looks like he's been playing in college basketball for about 10 years now. I'm like, when, when was he not on Gonzaga's team? Seems like it's been forever. Yeah. Well, the COVID year, you know, everybody's getting extra years. Yeah. So there's a lot of, you know, this is, Certainly the old if the average age of players in college is has yeah. never been older um, because you have guys that have been in college five or six years. So it it definitely some of the some of the guys have, have been around for a long time. Now when you're talking VP, GM, certainly coaches, rescue your scouting staff, things like that. If if someone's like really, really right on a player, someone's really, really wrong. You you saw someone who was really good that maybe everybody else didn't buy into, and now they're tearing it up for another team. Is that just personal and it hurts, and you avoid those conversations, or is there any trash talking? Like, yeah, you were way wrong on that guy, or man, you were way right. Yeah. We should have really listened. Yeah, I, I think respectfully, at least in our room, respectfully, there's there might be some some jabs and stuff, but usually, you know, you can't get you better stay humble because I could show you a list of guys who I thought would be really good that have been, but I could show you a list of guys that I thought would be really good that bombed yeah. and, or thought that wouldn't be any good. And they were so, you know, more than, more than just kind of anecdotally, you know, every summer we go through and, and try to learn from previous drafts, try to learn from previous players, try to, you know, just, just go through and, and do our best to figure out how a player maybe overcame you know, some challenges we thought they'd have in, in transitioning to the NBA or, or or stuff like that. So, you know, because we're dealing with people, there's no shortage of 
successes and failures and reasons for that, uh, whether they're on the court, off the court, whatever. And it's really important that as a scouting staff, we go back and study that because when you do make a mistake or, you, you know, you definitely don't want to do that same mistake twice. So, yeah, we, we take a lot of time to to make sure that we go back and study where where we missed and try not to miss like that again. Can you imagine, I'm sure you've thought about this in your world, the Portland Trailblazers. At some point, don't they say, wow, we chose Sam Bowie over Michael Jordan. We chose Greg Oden over Kevin Durant. I mean, at some point. Yeah, yeah I mean, but that's for all of us. Every every single franchise can can list. Like, I know our fans get, you know, they'll they'll ask, guys will ask me about, you know, how did we take this guy over that guy? Well, exactly to your point, when you're, you're making a decision at a point in time, you know, where you have all kinds of information and some of it is public, some of it isn't. Like we can't disclose stuff on injuries or certain background stuff that you, that the public wouldn't know about. Sure. You know, I usually say like if somebody falls in the draft, there's usually a reason. It's not that all 30 teams yeah. are just forgot that that guy's in a draft or a free agent that goes unsigned or whatever the case may be. Like there's there's a reason not to say that that player can't overcome it, but but the draft is really a an exercise in risk. So, sure. you know, the draft has gotten younger. You're you're taking a lot of you know, one and dones and freshmen and doing a lot of kind of projection on the kind of player that you hope they can be, but they're nowhere near being that now. Um, you're, you're taking a 19 year old and to your point earlier, trying to compare them to a 24 year old who, yeah. who is a better player at that time and, and should be a better player if they're five years older, where is that younger player going to be in five years? So all those kind of questions and all those kind of issues are are things that you really try to work out because the point of the draft is to pick the guy at your spot that will be the best player down the line at his peak. In most cases, yeah. uh, you know, at, at least especially when you're talking the very top of the the draft, the lot the lottery for sure. You're trying to get guys that are going to be stars. Well, and I think it's got to be tough too, and where the game has changed so much, like you said, with one and done. You got a 19 year old kid who the upside and do they get there is way greater than what it would ever been before trying to figure out projecting it. And then the 24 year old kid, you're like, have they already peaked? I mean, where, where do you get more out of that player? Have they already shown the best that they've got or they were in the right system and now they're maybe yeah. not. I mean, you know, I, did I see the other day, was it, uh, did the bears pick Mitch Trubisky before Kansas city chose Patrick Mahomes? And I thought, Ooh, ouch. If that was Ooh. the case, that's another big one. So I'm going to go back to what my dad had on. So Jeremy and I, Talk to you when we were together about our boys would have probably loved time with you as well since they're thinking world of Ooh. sports and your type of work and whether it's broadcasting or business or all those type of things they would love to do beyond schooling. When you go watch a player, you're you're scouting them and you're looking at what they've got to offer. I would think for a lot of people, we can get pretty naive and just say, well, it's how they do in the game. Well, not how they do in yeah. warmups. I don't. Do you get to interact with the players before or after a game that you're looking at? You can't. Yeah, no, we're we're not allowed to talk talk to the players, so we we we're just there watching. 
So you check them out though on an interview on ESPN or you know oh, yeah. Fox or whatever. You're watching that kind of things. You're probably paying attention. Social media, yeah. yeah, all of it. Body language. How do they interact with their teammates? Could you rank like you know maybe three things? Because like I said, I think it's going to be too easy to say gameplay, and I know gameplay's got to yeah. carry some weight. But I bet it's not nearly as important as we think. What would be three things you're looking at that maybe people forget that like these are very important watching a potential kid who's going to be a pacer. Yeah, well, I mean, gameplay at the end of the day, I mean, they get paid to playing games. So if you have to be able to perform, but I, I would say, I would say three things. Number one would be practice. Like when we go to practices and, and are able to watch them, what's their work ethic like, how self-motivated they are, uh, how much do they really love the game and in terms of trying to get better? That would be one big one. I think the information that we get off the court in terms of what they do with their spare time, what are they, you know, what are their likes, dislikes, um, you know, all the, all that kind of stuff, how they, how they spend their time away from the floor. I think we'll tell you a lot about, about guys. Coachability is really important. You know, a guy comes out of a game and a coach corrects them. How do they deal with that? Um, you don't have to be perfect and never have a, you know, never have a reaction, but you know, is something always somebody else's fault? Do you take responsibility for it yourself? Do you correct it and not do it again? Because one of the things as a, a young player in our league for sure is being able to, you're going to make a lot of mistakes. It's a, it's a lot different game than, than college basketball or international basketball or wherever these guys come from. It's, there's different rules. There's, you know, different, just all different things. Not on top of, the the players are way better that you're playing against. So, but you have to be able to, you know, take that information and correct uh, yourself and pick things up pretty quickly. And, you know, coaches typically, you know, depending on the stage of where your team is, you may not have a whole lot of, you just may not have a whole, whole lot of leeway to make the same mistake over and over. You just, so you have to be able to be coached, be corrected, take that information, you know, synthesize it or whatever the word may be and mm. get out there and not, not do the same thing again. So those, I would say those, those three or four things would be key uh, on top, but on top of medical, um, obviously these, these guys use their bodies, their bodies are their product. I mean, they, yeah. they're so important, whatever. So that stuff is obviously very, very important. What the doctors see on examination and all that stuff is, is really important. We can't miss it this time. We missed it last time. The rapid five. Okay. I'm like, I can't believe I blew this with you last time, but we had such a great conversation. I'm like, um, we'll ditch it. So rapid five here, Ryan, what is your favorite childhood snack or cereal? My, uh, my favorite childhood snack or cereal, um, man, probably like Fruit Loops. I, I was a big Fruit Loops, Cinnamon Toast Crunch, oh, yeah. Lucky Charms. I mean, the classics. I loved them growing up. I rotated through them all. Toucan Sam, huh? I love Toucan, yeah. <laughs> well, where's all, all the commercials that we used to have? I was wondering if we should unpack that more. You were quick to say you loved them. I'm like, was there, was there a pillow? Was there a stuffed animal? Was there a T-shirt? No, there, there... nothing that deep, but oh, I, I just always, always liked them as a character. I feel like I want to go find one for you now. <laughs> so knowing you're well-read, what is your favorite book you most want to gift or have given to other people? Yeah, I think that that's changed over the past couple of years quite a bit. One that I recently read that I really, that really 
hit home for me and I would recommend is 12 Ordinary Men by John MacArthur. Just mm-hmm. it, I thought it was really interesting to to read. You know, we, we hear so much about these guys, these 12 guys and kind of put them on a pedestal a little bit. And just to read them as how, you know, they were broken, messed up men, just like we are. Um, they were not some collection of perfection. They were just like the Bible says, you know, he's made perfect in weakness. And boy, these these 12 dudes were had some real weaknesses uh, and Jesus, Jesus used them and they've been used for thousands of years and will continue to be. And uh, I, I just really enjoyed that book. And that's one now that I would I would recommend, particularly to other men, mm-hmm. uh, just in terms of maybe finding it as as interesting as I found it. Yeah. Anytime there's going to be God used a mess, sign me up. I need to know about that because yeah, that's no what he's getting with me. Yeah, no doubt. So you're heading to Lynchburg and you're on the road and you're going to make a decision to go to this restaurant, whatever it would be. And all of a sudden, one of your kids has to go to the bathroom and you got to stop five minutes before you meant to. If you're like me, you're like, we're not stopping again. So you get off the exit. We're going to pretend on one of these. One of these places is not going to be on that head and east, but we'll pretend it is. McDonald's yeah. shows up, Chick-fil-A shows up on the exit sign, In-N-Out Burger. You've been west, so I know you know about In-N-Out. Oh, yeah. Where are you going with yeah. that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, of those three, it would, it would it would probably be Chick-fil-A. Although, getting my three kids, I don't think they'd all be in agreement on any, in, any of those three choices. So, um, you know, we'd be, in, we'd be in trouble. My personal favorite when I travel is Subway, just because I can control it and I try to eat, try to eat pretty healthy. So I'm well known for eating a lot of Subway sandwiches. Well, since that last guy years ago who got in a little trouble, they need a new one-person thing. I mean, Patrick Mahomes and Steph Curry and Tony Romo and whoever else can't do all those. Let's get Ryan Carr as the new yeah. Subway guy. I need to drop a couple of these and maybe they'll maybe they'll be interested. Well, that old that former guy back in the day, we'll keep him nameless for now, but he was in the Indianapolis area, so uh they need yeah, another Indianapolis was, guy. Yeah, he was at IU pretty close to the same time I was, yeah, actually. Yeah. Well, there you go. Anyway, but yeah, we don't need to give him any yeah. any publicity. We'll give you we'll give you the new subway thing. So Ryan, yeah, what's I, the what's the movie when you stumble across if you and Kelly were watching a movie, it's old school, you're channel surfing. What would keep you and suck you in every time you're like, we're watching the whole thing again? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a few good men always does a top gun. You know, Hoosiers is probably way, way up there. I'll, I've watched that millions of times. Probably those. Okay. Last but not least, I haven't done this one in a while, but what is the trendy clothing item that it was trending at some point that you would love to bring back? Well, you're asking the wrong dude. Um, Ocean Pacific shirts, right? Oh man, that's a good one. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Uh, going way back to my childhood, probably like parachute pants. Oh, maybe. let's go with that. I almost brought that up. I, that was the next thing I was going to suggest. Was you got some MC Hammer type of parachute pants? Did you yeah. rock those at all? I had, I had one. Uh, yeah, I had a set. I had pants and like this half zip pullover when I was in probably junior high that I love to love to wear, but I'm like, I love sweats. Yeah. I would much rather dress casually than formally. Uh, So, yeah. So it was just like a, yeah, it was kind of like sweats, except in Seattle where it rained all the time and get all wet and there was, you know, they're pretty thin and, and stuff, but 
All right, tell us the truth. Were they red or orange? I'm guessing you had no, red. They, I think these were like, uh, if I remember right, they were gray. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Can you find a picture of that and send it to me later? Are you wearing his pants? <laughs> there's, there's no pictures of that. <laughs> you burned them or something, right? Yeah, they got lost. Let, let's do this. Tell me if you were to schedule a lunch, uh, let's, let's say everybody's living of kind of a Mount right. Rushmore of four mm. people that just really intrigue you. You're curious. Yeah. I mean, we've talked a lot. Uh, offline about and, and somewhat while we've been doing podcasting of of people we both respect you know authors pastors people in the world of sports yeah. whatever and, and maybe you're playing a little bit off the chemistry of them with each other who are like four people you're yeah. like i'd love to take these get these four together to lunch man that's a, uh that's an amazing question you know my whole life i've been intrigued with george washington so i've, I've got to start with him come on he's not alive you can't say him we're, oh. we're giving you more opportunities we're giving you four living guys oh you're oh living guys george washington okay. gets cut sorry oh. george okay cherry tree's okay. gone i'm sorry I, I thought we were saying for all time so no. make him live i would say larry bird that's too easy you get access to him no but michael jordan wow are you totally staying in basketball no, I'm thinking about that. Probably Owen Strawn. Yeah, I, I mean Owen would fit in there for sure. Vadi Bachman yep. would be Bachman would be way up there. Yeah, I guess that's four. So we'll go. We'll go with those four. Okay. Wow. That's uh. Where do you land a plane on where that conversation goes? I have no idea. That's kind of the that that might be the the great part of it. Did I say his name? Yeah, right? I do know. Like I do know those. Obviously those. The the two, Owen and Vadi, are both sports fans or whatever in their own right. So that would be Owen's a huge, huge basketball yeah. fan. So I think it would be okay. Is his last name? Do I pronounce it right? Strawn. Yeah, Strong. How did he do that? Because it's a ch in there. It's like, come on, that can't be pronounced like that. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. It's a. It's like a. It's a Celtic name. I think I've heard him say. But somehow it gets pronounced strong. I don't. I don't know. So you've got me checking him out. I listened to podcasts with him the other day, based on your recommendation, yeah. and uh, I saw he's got a book coming out called "The Men," uh, something about men. Yeah, it's a it's a book on manhood. You know, a year or two ago, I had a book kind of Christianity and wokeness that yep. was a really well done book on that topic. So yeah, he's he's not afraid to tackle yeah. you know some really important issues of the day. Well, he seems really humble about it too. He doesn't seem like he's trying to poke or just come at you hard and heavy and mess with you. It seems like he's doing it with truth behind it and he's not yeah. coming heavy fisted. Yeah, I know that I listened to that podcast after you sent it to me. I totally agree in how you know how he how he went about it in that podcast. He's he's not afraid to speak the truth, but yes, he always says to do it in, you know, do it in love, but but you still have to speak the truth. Like you have to stay between the you know, there's there's all the grace and there's all the law and truth, you know, kind of thing. But you have to figure out how in the middle oh. to 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 weave that. Um, you know, and I I don't know how to necessarily do that. I'm not a you know theologian, but um, I I do love learning from from good ones. Yeah, and he's one of them. Well, I'm really grateful you introduced me to him because I'm definitely planning on digging through some more and, and would love to get him on here at some point. That book about men, that's that's right up my alley to say yeah. the least. So, you know, Ryan, I don't think we got into this last time or at least didn't totally. Maybe we can unpack it some more. But, you know, where do you see yourself? Like, you know, obviously I know 
Um, I know that I know that I know that you want to be in the center of God's will. But if, Ooh, if, if you gave God, which I think you do, the blank check, the blank sheet of paper and said, I'm following wherever you go, and he gave yeah. it back to you and said, go, Ryan, I trust your heart. Go wherever you want to go. <laughs> what does that look well, like? I hope, he never, I hope he never does that because I will undoubtedly uh, screw that up. But, you know, I always, when I was growing up, I always wanted to be a college basketball coach. I had a chance to, to be an assistant coach in college. I think that was close enough to make me understand that that some of that was not what I would want to do. You know, got an opportunity now to be working in an NBA front office for twenty the past twenty years, learning from some of the best that have ever done it. And um, I, I would love to be a GM. I would love to. If that's if that's in the cards or not is absolutely up to God. I. I try to do the best job I can with my job. You know, I think Clark said this when he was actually on with you, Clark Kellogg, he said something to the effect of being obedient to or doing your best where God has, mm-hmm. has you right now. And that really, that really hit home. Like I really, you know, I, I think for the first part of my career, certainly a long time, was really driven to how to get to the next spot, next spot, next yep. spot, next spot. And I think maybe only in the last few years, I've kind of relaxed that to say, okay, let's do your best here. Let's, let's work with where you are, not where you want to be or wish you could be yep. or, and, and let's worry about this and do this the best you can. And, and that'll all, that'll all work out. Um, God's good. I, 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 there's no, no way that I should have the job that I have with where I came from and all of that. So, you know, he's allowed, you know, he's definitely, as you look at the path orchestrated uh, me being even able to, to sit here and say, I, I do what I do vocationally. And, you know, there's still, I'm competitive. I expect you know, myself, I have high expectations for myself. I expect to, so I always hope that there's more responsibility. I try never to back away from responsibility. And like I said, I've gotten to to learn from some great, you know, Donnie Walsh and Larry Bird and Kevin Pritchard and guys that have been really, really successful at, at running NBA teams. And, you know, it, it's up, up to God whether I get a chance to do that myself. If I don't, I can say that, I will do whatever the day, you know, whatever, whatever the day holds out, I will do. So if, and it, it could change. Like I, I, I always joke, like I could be coaching seventh grade basketball next year and, you know, I, I need to be content and happy doing that. If that's, if that's what, what happens. I totally see you doing that with joy. If you did. Um, I, I hope so. There's a, it would be fun. You know, I would, it would be fun. It's always fun when you see these guys retire from sports. I think about it, football primarily, maybe basketball a little bit, but like guys who are doing things at the highest level and then they go down and coach. Who was it? Um, was it Cade McNown? One of those quarterbacks, Luke McCown, one of them was playing for, I think, at the Eagles at the time. And he would get off at practice and he was going to be a quarterback coach and back in uh, the Carolinas or something somewhere. And they would let him do that. He'd be done with practice early, go to, and I was like, are you kidding me? But he, he loved it. He was, I think they had signed him later in the year. So he was already doing a quarterback thing for the high school. 
And then he went back and forth for like half the season. And I just thought, oh, wow. that's kind of crazy. But um, so, hey, we're going to close with this. The timing of this is kind of interesting. But since we both care uh, about being trying to be great husbands and great fathers and both have kids in the college pipeline, what yeah. has been your thoughts yeah. about what's going on down south? I'm going there tomorrow with uh, two or three pastor friends of mine at Asbury in Wilmore, Kentucky. At worst... Or at least, at minimum, we've got a, an awakening going on. At best, yeah. and time will tell, there's definitely a revival going on in Wilmore, Kentucky. What's been your take yeah, on that? I mean, How do you feel about that as a dad, thinking about your kids their age? Yeah, I, I, I would I would hope that it's real. I would hope that there's, I hope that the gospel is being preached. I hope that it's gospel-centered. I've just seen some tweets on it. You know, I don't, I, I can't say that I've totally studied it or went to, you know, I think there's a YouTube cast of what's going on. I haven't, I haven't spent any time, you know, watching it. So I'm a little bit ignorant probably of, of being able to really comment well, but man, I, I, I hope God's saving people in it. I hope that Christ is being proclaimed and, and glorified in it. And if that's happening, then all for it. Um, you know, if it's, if that's not what happening, I hope that it turns into that happening. Yeah. So I guess, I, I guess that would be the best, best way to say without, again, I haven't listened to 10 minutes. I haven't listened to one minute of the actual, whatever's happening. So I don't really have an intelligent opinion other than that would be what I just said would be my, you know, what I would say about any any church service or, you know, praise service or anything that I'm a part of when it comes to, you know, Christ. I think the timing of this is just so interesting, you know, in light of the Super Bowl and such a huge, huge stage, people get so caught up in a halftime show about refs, about commercials, about whatever. You had the crazy scenario they had with the Grammy Awards with this kind of crazy performance with the Sam Smith and whoever the other person was doing a song called Unholy. And then here's this act, move, something's going on in Asbury that uh, I'm going to find out more about tomorrow. Cause like I said, me yeah, and few, I'll, I'll look forward to hearing from you on, on what you see and, and what's going on. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the crazy part of our culture right now. I mean, there's, you know, that Super Bowl halftime show is watched by more people than, you know, actually watch the game, yeah. you know, people tune in just for that. And, you know, you talk about what, what happened at the Grammys and, you know, Roman Romans one spells it out pretty well. And there's a lot of that going on and gosh, you just, you just pray that, pray that people are saved, man. Pray yeah. that God reaches down and grabs them, you know, however he can do that to, you know, to cause a revival to, you know, bring more people because it's, it can be really disheartening and really really discouraging. Although I, I listened to a, listened to a, a sermon yesterday talking about how being a Christian and following Christ in the Bible and Paul, gosh, I wish I could remember what the, what the passages were, but talks about, it. it's not, it's not necessarily a, a social deal. Like we are called to just kind of like what Clark said and what we were talking about, like I'm saved as a Christian, you know, God needs me where I am. So where I am, you know, is it can be is my ministry. Now I may need to go do the other things and you need to go help widows and and other people poor and all that, but you know, he he saves you in a in a place where you are. 
That's right. And how important that is. Like, you know, I, I may have, I don't know if I told you this or not. Like we just took our kids, we took our, our daughter who really wants to go to the masters. And I had like a, a three minute interaction with John MacArthur, which was super cool. He asked what I did for a living. And I told him, and he put his hand on my shoulder. He's like, man, that's amazing. We, we really need you there. Yeah. Like, and sometimes I struggle, like in my Christian walk, I've struggled with, okay, I'm doing this, but like, yeah, like we talked about, I'm here, there, everywhere. How do I, you know, wh- what is, uh, what is my purpose, whatever it is, it's, it's exactly where you are. And it's the people that are around you and the the work that I do in the office and in all of that. So I know you're getting ready to wrap this up and not to go off on a tangent, no. but I think for all of us, like, you know, we don't need some great self-help, like you're a natural connector and you do this and look at how you put people together and, mm. and, and what you're doing. I could not do what you do. I'm way too introverted. I definitely couldn't do what you do. <laughs> so I do what I do. God yeah. uses me where I am. God can use you where you are. God can use. And it doesn't matter if if you're a quote unquote most important person and in, in a, wherever you are or the least. Yeah. And, and quite honestly, he says he's going to use the least the most. Amen. So, you know, wherever we are, you've got to be humble and and uh, and be obedient to him and and he'll use it. You know, it's not, it's nothing that we do. We, you know, like you, like you said, given a blank check or given a, an open script to do it, I undoubtedly would mess that up myself. Yeah. I love what I see yesterday. I was reading in my devotional. It said, our job is to be obedient or faithful. He does everything else. And my last question to you was going to be, you already answered it. It was going to be, what's a good word you can leave people on? And you've let it a couple of times talking about what Clark said about being faithful where you are and with everything going on in the world. When I look at what's going on at Asbury, which from what I see in here, it's totally legit. Like I said, there's a balance between where is it an awakening versus where is it revival? Because revival will spread. It always starts with young people, it seems, goes to other places. But what's cool is this is an analogy I like to use a lot. And I think you and I are on the same page here. If we were the the worst high school football team and we somehow got to play, traditionally speaking, the Dallas Cowboys, and we didn't know where it was going to end. We didn't know how it was going to go, but we knew beyond a shadow of a doubt somehow that we won the game. We would do whatever it took to say we won the game. Yeah. We, we know the end result. We may look at ourselves yeah. in the mirror at each other and say, we're a hot mess. But guess what? We win. It's a done deal. It's guaranteed. It's now let's get there. What's it going to cost and take to get there? Ryan Carr, I'm yeah. glad we are on the same team. Yeah, no doubt. I'll leave you with this one last thought. There's a, a thought I learned from uh, reading a book. Actually, Owen wrote it about Jonathan Edwards. As somebody I had never studied or knew of, really, he was a colonial era preacher in Massachusetts. And, and he said that God creates the law and that Jesus you know, was the perfect embodiment of the law. And then the the spirit emanates. So it's like the sun rays coming out. And that and the more we can humble ourselves, the more that we can be obedient, which I think is the word I would use, and faithful and kind of die to ourselves, Amen. the more that the more that, that the spirit is able to rep, I think the way to say it is reminate, reminate through us. So we we kind of get out of the way for it. To, to work through us. And I, I just always, I've, since I've learned that over the past few months, it's really stuck, stuck with me about if I can get my garbage and die to it and kind of push it down 
and in, in sanctification get closer to Christ, then that then the spirit's going to be able to shine brighter through me. And it, and the more garbage and stuff that I have going on and the more sin in my life, the less And mm. to, to be, you know, I don't want to be darkness. I want to remnate the spirit, remnate light, however that is. So that's a huge prayer that I, image, I pray all the time. Image bearer. You are one. Mm. You live it. You breathe it. Can't say it enough. It's mighty good stuff. Well, Ryan Carr, my friend, people can find him at Ryan underscore car 11 on Twitter. He's on Facebook. Head to Indianapolis, watch some basketball. You'll see him there many a times, unless the kids have a game and other stuff's going on in the car family. But uh, look forward to what's next because I know we have a next in the future. Amen. Thank you for joining us on the Pinkleton Pull Aside podcast. You can reach Jeff at gatheringmiamivalley.org or find us on Facebook at The Gathering of the Miami Valley. Join us again next week for another honest and rich conversation. The Rise FM Podcast Network.